This is a Mike of New York special. Let's listen to the mayoral debate between uh, Democratic candidate Eric Adams and Curtis Lewa. This is for those who would like to hear the debate who are like me, visually impaired. And uh, we're just sharing the audio of the debate as was broadcast earlier this evening from what we recorded. It is October 20, 2021. This is the New York City Mayoral Debate. I'm Mike of New York. The greatest city in the world at a crossroads. Our economy is still struggling. People are still struggling. The pandemic recovery, unequal and unnerving. Crime concerns. I think we know more cops out here. I don't think it's safe. Battered businesses. We're losing the soul of the city. Struggling schools. Savage storms. We wanted to know what happened to the drainage. The challenges faced by the next mayor of New York, the most daunting in a generation. Live tonight from Rockefeller Center, the leading contenders. Democratic nominee, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Republican nominee, Guardian Angels founder, Curtis Lewa. From News 4 New York, this is a special presentation. Decision 2021, the New York City general election mayoral debate. Sponsored by NBC4, Telemundo 47, Politico, the New York Urban League, the Citizens Budget Commission, and the New York City Campaign Finance Board. Here now is News 4 New York anchor, David Ushery. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this New York City mayoral debate. We are less than two weeks from Election Day when one of these men will be declared the 110th mayor of New York City. They've been campaigning for months, and tonight they face each other for the first time. I am joined by my colleague, News 4 Government Affairs reporter Melissa Russo, the morning anchor at Telemundo 47, Alan Villafania, and the City Hall Bureau Chief for Politico, Sally Goldenberg. This is a one-hour debate live here on Channel 4. We're also streaming on the NBC New York app, NBCLX, Telemundo 47 digital platforms, and Politico.com. For voters who are blind or have low vision, the Campaign Finance Board has posted visual descriptions of our studios, the moderators, and the candidates on their Twitter account. And you can find that on Twitter at NYCCFB. The candidates' positions on stage were chosen by random drawing. Candidates, we do have a few rules. For traditional questions and answer, you'll have one minute to respond, and we will offer 30-second rebuttals at the moderator's discretion. We'll also be asking some other questions that we're looking for shorter responses to so we can cover a lot of territory. We also reserve the right, candidates, to cut off your microphone if you ignore the rules. We obviously don't want to do that. The goal is for you to hear each other and for New Yorkers to hear everything you have to say. Good luck, candidates. Let's go. Good evening, gentlemen. Big news today. Mayor de Blasio announced that city employees must be vaccinated for COVID by the end of the month or they won't be paid. This affects 46,000 workers who are not vaccinated. That includes thousands of police officers and firefighters. Mr. Adams, we'll begin with you. Do you agree with the new mandate? And as mayor, will you uphold the benching of police officers and firefighters who refuse? You have one minute. Uh, I am vaccinated, and I was on the ground during COVID, and I know what happened. I saw family members dropping off their loved ones to hospitals, never to see them again. I saw how it traumatized our businesses, how it destroyed our economy. I believe the mayor's action today was correct. I would have handled it differently. I would have sat down with my union members, and I would have sat down with the those who are involved, and we would have, have worked out a way we could come to an agreement. I stated this over and over during COVID. Credible messengers, the heads of unions, they are the credible messengers for their members. And I believe that we can come to the appropriate place where we can vaccinate everyday New Yorkers, protect us. We can never go back to where we were when COVID hit the city. Mr. Adams, just to be clear, will you uphold the benching of police officers and firefighters? Uh, yes, I would. Okay. I will follow the rules that are in place. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Mr. Sliwa, you've said that you oppose the mandate. So how would you protect city frontline workers and the New Yorkers with whom they interact? You have one minute. I'm going to let you, first off, I want to thank NBC. This is the house of Gabe Pressman, <laughs> the greatest TV journalist of all time, no doubt, Emmy Award winning. 
and all the debates that he used to host on this stage. It's a privilege, I know, for Eric and I to be here today. I, dis I disagree with Eric. I feel that we don't have enough police officers as it is. So now, after establishing the rules, which were get vaccinated, which I am, or get tested once a week. Same with firefighters. Now, what did we do to the teachers? What did we do to the healthcare workers who were crawling into the belly of the beast during the lockdown and the pandemic? I know, because I and the guardian angels were taking care of the emotionally disturbed and the homeless in the subways and in Penn Station. We cheered them at night at seven. Then all of a sudden we decided, de Blasio, who has supported Eric Adams here, a better team, that all of a sudden they would lose their jobs. That is a horror if they weren't going to be vaccinated. We should Thank never you. fire Thank people you, Mr. Sliwa. for that reason. Uh, uh, may I have an opportunity <laughs> to respond to his comment, please? Briefly. Yes. Uh, first of all, I did not see Mr. Sliwa on the ground when I moved into Bar Hall to respond to the crises that we were experiencing. So it's easy to talk about what happened I was there, okay. and he was absent. We have to move on, Mr. Adams. Wait, wait, we we want to ask you both about wait, 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 public safety. I was absent? There is documentary evidence that I was in Penn Station riding the subways, tending to the needy, the emotionally disturbed, and the homeless that you were not tending to. All right. And we, as the guardian angels, were the first line in making sure that they did not get caught. All right, gentlemen, I think you made your point on that. Let me ask you about public safety and specifically on this leading the NYPD. You've both made crime a centerpiece of your campaigns. You've touted your experience in public safety. Mr. Sleever, you say you're a proud outsider and founder of the Guardian Angels. Why should voters trust you more than your opponent, who is a former police captain? to lead the department, the NYPD. You have one minute to respond to this. Because I'm the only candidate standing on this stage that has said I will hire more police officers. Eric Adams was given an opportunity to go to Washington to sit in that roundtable discussion amongst leaders that I know because I have guardian angel chapters in those cities. And after walking out, after President Joe Biden offered money to hire police officers, he said no, as his teammate, Bill de Blasio, had said before. We need 38,000 cops. We should have taken the money from the federal government. Instead, I'll have a property tax against Madison Square Garden, against Columbia, against NYU. An idea first offered by Andrew Yang, who was a great candidate, who you besmirched every opportunity you had, Eric Adams, and drove him out of the Democratic Party. I would use that money specifically to hire 3,000 cops that we desperately need. It was done by Dinkins and Peter Ballone, Safe City, Safe Streets. That's why we were able to get law and order and public safety back into the streets of New York City in 1990. All right, Mr. Sliwa, thank you. Mr. Adams, you were a senior leader in the NYPD, and you criticized the department at times. Which position do you identify with the most, cop or critic? And how will that influence the way you would lead the department? One minute, please. Well, first of all, let's be clear. Uh, New Yorkers are going to make the determination of a person that wore a bulletproof vest and protected the children and families of the city and fought crime against a person who made up crimes so that he can be popular. He made up crime, New Yorkers. That in itself is a crime. I'm not a critic of public safety. I said it over and over again. Public safety is a prerequisite to prosperity, public safety, and justice. We're going to change the ecosystem of public safety. We're going to ensure that, number one, I will have the backs of my police officers, but that covenant, if you decide not to understand the nobility of public protection, you won't serve in my department. I will empower crisis management team, power, empower youth organization. We are going to create a new ecosystem with trust. Bad guys are watching us squabble with each other. That's not going to happen, and we're not going to see disorder in my city. Sally Goldenberg. Thank you, David. Could I respond to that? Because, look, he, he said to me that I made up things. Look, uh, Eric, I must tell you, you wrote an op-ed piece in the Daily News praising the Guardian Angels, saying that as a transit cop, you swore you would not harass us. Secondarily, you realize I was shot five times on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr. in my battles against the Gambino crime family and organized crime. I don't know where you were at that point. You were missing an action like so many others. Okay, Mr. So Sliver, please, to wrap you up. please, I put my life on the line. I've been shot, stabbed, beaten in order right. to provide Sliver, safety. I need to wrap you up. I'll give you a few seconds, parts. Mr. Adams, if you want to respond to that. Listen, uh, Mr. Sliwa acknowledged himself that he made up crimes, New Yorkers. That is a crime. 
And when he was playing cop, I was on the subway system, right in that system during the mid-80s when crime was high, a radio that didn't work, and I protected the children right, and the families. We, we may actually have a question we we're able to touch on this, but we still want to stick with the NYPD and, and leadership and tactics. Sally? Thank you. Mr. Sliwa, you've called for a return to what you referred to as old-school ways of policing, including the use of stop and frisk, a tactic that was ruled unconstitutional for disproportionately targeting young men of color. How will you protect innocent New Yorkers from unwarranted searches and interrogations? You have one minute. Well, first off, it is constitutional. As my opponent, Eric Adams, has also said, he would selectively uh, allow for the use of stop, question, and frisk for reasonable suspicion, as I would. I would not do what one of his main supporters, Michael Bloomberg, did, the former mayor, in the last four years which was to have 700,000 predominantly men of color be stopped and frisked with a quota system that was put on where they had to fill out the cop at least five 250s a day. He's accepted the support of Michael Bloomberg, who abused stop, question, and frisk. And I suggest that it be used, especially in areas where there is gang activity, gang wars, constant shootings, constant gun activity, that it be at least utilized by police officers who have to preemptively stop the gangs, stop the gun violence, because it's going to take its toll on innocent citizens who are forced to live in their homes. That's solitary confinement for the citizens. Not That's not fair to them. Thank you, Mr. Sliwa. Mr. Adams, you well, too. You know, this is an excellent opportunity, speaking to New Yorkers, to talk about the facts and not fictions. Let's be clear. I spent my entire 22 years fighting on behalf of police reform after being arrested and assaulted by police officers. But didn't I say, what was me? I say, why not me? I went into the police department and study and became a captain. I went to Albany okay. and I passed legislation within Assemblyman Hakeem Jeffries that allowed the okay. refusal of a... All right, Mr. Adam, Adam... We have a very specific question for you. I wanted you to respond to that, but Sally, you have a very yeah, specific so question. We're, we're sort of staying on the same theme. Uh, you two have called for more aggressive policing tactics, Mr. Adams, to get guns off the streets, including stop and frisk if used appropriately, and reinstating an elite plainclothes unit disbanded because of excessive force. How will you protect Black and Latino New Yorkers from being disproportionately targeted? You have one minute. Uh, that's exactly what I was laying out, Sally. I protected Black and Brown and low-income New Yorkers uh, as a police officer when I was fighting for reform, testifying in federal court about the overuse of stop and frisk, Floyd versus New York City Police Department, Judge Shindlin acknowledging her ruling. My testimony played a pivotal role in her decision, went to Albany, uh, passed legislation to end the database that held innocent people inside. My son was a victim of stop and frisk in this city, and I will continue to do that. And I never call for aggressive police tactics. I call for appropriate police tactics. The new anti-gun unit, their role is to zero in on gangs and guns, precision policing, but also precision resources. And I've been clear on this message for the last 35 years since Clifford Glover was shot in Southeast Queens. I have not changed at all on this issue. Let me suggest that, uh, Eric Adams, you are a proponent of carrying a gun. You have said time and time again, when you were borough president, still are, I carry a gun to church. Then you amended that and said, you know, when I'm mayor, I'm going to carry a gun. I'm in the inner city all the time. I don't wear a bulletproof vest. I don't carry a gun. I never have. And I'll tell you, if you're going to reach young men who are using guns in violent actions, you cannot say, do as I say, but not as I do. All right, Mr. Slew, Why would you need, need a gun? To wrap you up here. I've Mr. never Adams? used a gun, and I've been shot five times off of the carry. All right, let's give Mr. Adams a chance to, to be a role model. Let's give Mr. Adams a chance to respond to that, and then we men. move on. Thank you, Mr. Slew. Mr. Adams, a quick response. Well, it's clear that he makes up things like he made up his crimes, and we understand that. Young men stop me all the time. They tell me that they never thought they were going to law enforcement, but because of my advocacy, they decided to do so. I've passed unbelievable legislation and made sure that we pass strict gun laws in this state. And my record is clear. Uh, Curtis, you know that, and I know that, and I'm proud of how I serve this city, okay. and I will continue to protect New Yorkers to the best right, of my gentlemen, Thank you. We, we, we have a few questions. Carry a gun Mr. Sliwa, we have to go elected on. mayor by the people okay. of New York City. We, we have to get to some other Bad issues example. here. Thank you. A few questions. We're looking for shorter answers here, candidates. First one's on helping taxi drivers. A group of New York City taxi drivers launched 
a hunger strike today, demanding the city do more for drivers who've ended up in financial ruin, unable to pay or repay massive loans for their medallions. The city has set aside $65 million to help, but critics say that's just not enough. So as mayor, what will you do for taxi drivers? We'll send this to you first, Mr. Adams. You have 30 seconds. And they play a vital role in their middle-class uh, workers in the city. And I continue to say uh, I'm in support of middle-class workers, and that's why so many unions have endorsed me. I believe my opponent has only been endorsed by Rudy Giuliani. What we can do with our taxi drivers is to allow them to go on the same platform as the Uber drivers are going on right now. This would allow them to not only deal with street hails, but allow them to respond to calls. This is an amazing way, and Uber is willing to okay. do so, and yeah. the yellow taxi drivers right. as Mr. Sleeper, well. what would you do for New York City taxi drivers? I think drivers? we have to bifurcate this. Uh, the other day, Eric Adams was supposed to meet with Michael Cohen and Kanye West. Michael Cohen, who himself owned dozens and dozens of medallions with oligarchs from the Ukraine and Russia, who killed the business. Now, the individual owner-operators of medallions, we need to see how we can help them. But I don't want to use taxpayer money to bail out medallion owners who are Russian-Ukrainian oligarchs, have killed the business, and your newfound friend, Michael Cohn, who owns right, dozens, dozens of medallions. Okay, thank you. I want to ask you about an issue that emerged this week. The city commission decided to remove a statue of Thomas Jefferson from City Hall this does come amid a reckoning of his, over his history as a slave owner. So looking for yes or no here, candidates, do you agree the statue should be removed? Mr. Sliwa. Absolutely not, although they've made their decision. The idea now would be to repurpose and find a place for Thomas Jefferson, All right. who created our Declaration okay. of Independence. Thank you, Mr. Sliwa. Mr. Adams. You find a difficult time to follow instructions. Uh, yes. As you ask me, yes, it should have been removed. All right, Mr. Adams. Thank you both. I want to ask you about outdoor dining. Many restaurants survived the pandemic by building outdoor seating in streets, in some cases in parking spaces. Would you allow these structures to remain where they are? Mr. Adams? Is that a yes or no question? Yes or no? Uh, yes, I would. Mr. Sleewood? Yes or no? Would you let these outdoor dining structures? You know, remain? some of the size you could you could land a 747 jet in there. I mean, we gotta we gotta downsize it. We no. can't take up all that needed space for the bicyclists, for the vehicles, okay. and the pedestrians. All right, thank you, Alan. Thank you. As uh, we come out of the pandemic, getting people back to the office, especially in Manhattan, is critical to restoring the city's economy. The mayor is CEO of a workforce numbering more than 300,000. That's more than any company in the city, Mr. Saliwa. Will you require city workers to return to their place of work full-time? And how will you handle those who refuse? You have 30 seconds. Well, first off, Alex, good to see you. Hopefully this June, when the Puerto Rican Day Parade resumes, and I can jump on your Telemundo float. We can both in the microphone say, way, pa, and then we'll know that New York City's back. But to what be specific, to be specific about this, how can they order all the city workers back when members of the city council are not back? They're not in their chambers. It should be do as I say and do as I do. So let the city council get back into chambers, get their staff yeah. back into the offices across some city hall, and then they can issue Thank demands you. to the other civil servants to make sure that they are in their workplace. Thank you, Mr. Sliwa. Mr. Adams, uh, same uh, question to you. Will you require workers to return to their place of work full time? And how will you handle those who refuse? You also have 30 seconds. Thank you. Eventually, we must get to the place, New York, where our city's up and operating. Uh, I believe that we should do it in layers. Number one, there are some clear jobs that we can do uh, remotely. Um, my staff at Borough Hall, they're still responding to thousands of calls remotely. Uh, once we reach a safe place and realize we're not having a spike in COVID, then we could bring back an additional uh, number. But we have to get the city back, back up and running because of the ecosystem. That employee is spending money in the restaurants, the cafeteria. They're getting their mm -hmm. hair done, and they're doing other things. That's part of our ecosystem that we must respect. 
Thank you. Eric, Eric you're, you're with the elites. Uh, the calls to Brooklyn oh. Borough President Office. You've we got potholes to. galore, graffiti, all right, garbage all over Brooklyn. We have a related I mean, question. Quality of life is zilch. You have to take responsibility okay, with that with your on. partner. Sally, Bill de Blasio, okay, thank Sally you. Mr. Sliwa, we have to move on. City. I'm sorry, Mr. Adams. Just a quick yes or no follow up for you. You were endorsed by the city's largest union, DC 37, which is now challenging the order to come back to work five days a week in person. As mayor, would you oppose DC 37 on this issue, yes or no? They have a respect to protect their unions, and I will allow the court to decide how to move forward. Just, I want to give you one more chance. Yes or no, would you support them or oppose them on this issue? Uh, Sally, as I stated, uh, they have a right to go to court, as any other union should do, and I will respect the decision that comes from the court. Okay, we're going to move on to the economy now. Many large companies have postponed return to work until next year. We know that fears about crime and the Delta variant play a role. But putting that aside, some companies are embracing a hybrid model where people are only expected in the office for part of the week. Mr. Adams, if offices do not fill up again, the blow to the city's economy will be devastating. What is your most creative idea to bring in new businesses or industries? And you have one minute. It's not creative. <laughs> it's clear. Uh, it's too expensive, too bureaucratic, too difficult to do business in New York City. Uh, we are a silo city where our agencies are not friendly to the Empire State. And we need to be clear on doing so. Immediately, day one, I will put in place an order that we're going to suspend all fines to our small businesses. And then we will encourage growth in the city. That is how we're going to get out of COVID. Now, look at our young families to make sure that we do things like universal child care, that we make sure we look at those over 250,000 jobs that were available pre-COVID but did not have the right training. So once the city embraced new business and allowed us to be the center of cybersecurity, biotech, the center of technology, the center of drone development, that is when we will attract businesses to come here again. And right now, we are an unfriendly city to businesses in this city. Thanks. We have to use Thanks. common sense, and that has to do with public safety in the streets and the subways. Just, if it's I'm not safe, to... workers are going to stay away. Look at all the we poor, to... lost souls, emotionally disturbed, the mm -hmm. homeless people. We have to take care of them. Okay. We have to we show have compassion. To... I'm sorry, Mr. Sleeve, I have to... we have to move on to the question for you. What is your big idea to fill empty offices and reshape the city's economy? And you also have one minute. Well, there are many workers who will opt to actually get paid less in order to enjoy a better quality of life, not just in the city, but in the uh, outer surrounding tri-state area. There's no way to force them to come back to work. Imagine they're going to take one-third less pay. We have to look at millions of square feet that are empty, commercial space, and we're going to have to start repurposing it for affordable housing. Look at the Hudson Yards. What are we going to do? Turn it into mausoleums? There are so many buildings still in construction because the monies were appropriated before the lockdown and pandemic. There are no tenants. There are no people to lease that space. So we better start appropriating a concept and an idea of turning it into affordable housing and make utilization of that space. You're never going to be able to use it for commercial purposes solely any longer. Thank you. Mr. Adams, today the White House started to lay the groundwork to vaccinate children ages 5 to 11 for COVID. You said you would mandate COVID vaccines for all eligible New York City public school children. So how would you handle families who refuse? You have 30 seconds. Well, the, the goal is clear. Uh, we are going to follow the science. I stated this over and over again. And I stated after FDA approval. That's very important. Because remember, the first level of vaccinations came out in emergency. We cannot do anything without FDA approval. I'm going to communicate with my family members. And I know this is a, an emotional moment for so many. But I'm going to communicate with them and show why it's important we can't go backwards. We have to protect the children and families. But, Mr. Adams, there will certainly, undoubtedly, be some parents who choose not to have their children vaccinated. So what does school look like for those children? Well, let's be clear. Um, even with measles, mumps, and others, uh, there was a substantial small number of people in the city that did not want any vaccine at all. And we have to still educate these children. There are options So would there available. be a remote option? 
trying to just get to a quick answer. And I am open to a remote options. Whatever okay. we can do to educate our children and protect our children at the same time. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Mr. Sliwa, you oppose mandates for city school children, but as Mr. Adams just mentioned, the city already requires students to be vaccinated for things like polio and measles. So why not COVID? Well, uh, I have three sons who are in the public school system, high school, junior high school, and elementary school. And I saw what happened for the year and a half when they were forced to have virtual learning at home, unlike the parochial schools who did a magnificent job of getting the teachers and the children in the classroom. Notice they didn't have problems. But now we're going to kick out kids, some of whom won't get vaccines. This is like the second time in eight years I actually agree with Bill de Blasio, pre-K first one, and not to force the children Mr. to get Shriwa, the question, We need them in school learning. Time's up, we the, robbed them the, of a year and a half. The question wasn't about whether or not to kick out kids. It was about whether or not to mandate the vaccine for children. The question was why for these other illnesses, but not for COVID. Please give us a quick answer. Well, I've been vaccinated for all those things, but how about getting parental involvement? Do we not want parents involved in this process? Okay. And by the way, we still don't have Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson yes. that has been said to Noted. be safe for our young Thank you, Mr. Sula. Staying on the subject of schools, Mayor de Blasio has announced a plan to phase out the existing gifted and talented programs. You both disagree with that decision. The programs include a controversial exam given to four-year-olds. Will you keep the same test? And if so, how will you address the racial imbalance that results from the process? Mr. Sliwa, you have 30 seconds. Number one, uh, there's only 2,500 slots available for gifted and talented out of uh, 65,000 children who go to kindergarten. Uh, one of those was my son. I sat in the assembly hall. He went in for his test. He lost out. He did not get into gifted and talented. Uh, but we seem to be taking it out on Asian families and Southeast Asian families because they're doing so well. We need to expand gifted and talented. So it's in all schools, even if only three or two children okay. qualify in the Bronx or Brooklyn, they should be gifted and talented in those schools. Thank you. Um, Mr. Adams, you have 30 seconds. Uh, education is so important to me. Uh, I shared over and over again, going through public school with a learning disability undiagnosed until I got into college. That is why I believe that not only should we expand opportunities for accelerated learners, make sure it's in every district, in our city, in every zip code, but we should also look at those children who learn differently. Doesn't mean they can't learn. We need to do dyslexia screening. We must make sure that we go for children with learning disabilities so the opportunities and the barriers to education will be removed for all of our children. Mr. Adams, your time is up, but just to pin you down on the question, will you keep the same test that is currently being used? Uh, made it clear that uh, we need to look at that exam. I don't believe a four-year-old taking the exam should determine the rest of their school experience. That is unacceptable. We're going to let parents opt out, and we're going to make sure that we evaluate and expand throughout that educational experience. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Instead of focusing just on academic excellence, we need to focus at a much earlier age for our children, vocational training. Okay. There is such okay. a demand for the carpenters, electricians, plumbers, All right, Mr. Computer thank you. programmers, and home thank health you. We have care to keep going. attendants. Okay, thank we you need for that. To we have to keep going. He, he I have a few shows all the time, and we continue to lie. I'm going to follow the rules. Can he please adhere to the rules that you set up today? We are adhering to the rules, Mr. Adams, and we discretionary give you a chance to respond. We both, but we do encourage you both to respond to the rules. Now, let's move on here. We have some short answer questions we're looking for. The school year, should the school year be longer and the summer break shorter? Mr. Sliwa? Absolutely. Uh, we've robbed a year and a half. Longer? Absolutely. Oh, just one simple. Yeah. I just want the, I, I, was, I wasn't clear what you're saying. Should the school year be Labor longer? Labor Day till the end of July, July 30th. You want a longer school year? Yes, give them a month of time off. I for see. The teachers and students. Okay, Mr. Adams. A lo either longer hours during the school week or an extended time during the summer. But we need more classroom time. All right, thank you. Mayor de Blasio declared New York a sanctuary city, which limits cooperation with federal immigration authorities. Looking for a yes or no here is, Mayor, will you continue that policy? Mr. Adams? Uh, yes, we should. We should protect our immigrants during the COVID uh, immigrant stay. They provided a service for the city, and I believe we need to continue to make All sure right. this is a sanctuary city. Mr. Sliba. How could, you, uh, how could you rule out ICE? Uh, former Governor Cuomo called them thugs. 
They tracked down Trinitarios, MS-13, 18th Street, vicious predators okay. of their so own you would not people. See the we policy. have to have okay. some cooperation with ICE. Thank you. Uh, Democrats and Republicans are lining up behind candidates for governor. You are two of the most prominent party members in the state. So who gets your vote for governor, Mr. Sliwa? No one at this point. Uh, there's a primary process. It's right. spirited with Democrats Mr. and Republicans. Adams, Let's see how it turns out. Who would get your vote for governor, Mr. Adams? Uh, right now, I'm running for mayor. And on November 2nd, I want to be the mayor of the city. Uh, 2022 right. would take care of itself. Thank you. Uh, and there's only one person that announced thus far. All right. Thank you. Sally? Okay, I think we can all agree that trust is of the utmost importance to voters when choosing their next mayor. Mr. Sliwa, you have admitted to concocting various incidents involving the Guardian Angels, including a fake kidnapping. <clears throat> Given this, why should voters trust you? You have one minute. For 42 years, I've provided public safety in the streets of New York City and in countries and cities around the world as a volunteer. Never asked for anything in return. I made mistakes. I was immature at the age of 25, did things I should not have done. I know my opponent, Eric Adams, similarly has done things that he's apologized for. I did apologize for it. I brought it to everybody's attention, and I'll continue to apologize for it. But I've earned the trust of New Yorkers. Just follow me in the streets and subways. I'm there. I'm the people's choice. Eric Adams is with the elites in the suites, the TikTok girls, trying to sort of live up to the Kardashians at Club Zero Bond. Come on, Eric. Come back. Come so, back to the streets and the subways. Just a quick, Be with the real peeps. A quick follow-up to that, Mr. Sliwa. You say this is a long time ago, but let's talk about just recently you tweeted that you found a gun at a shooting scene on the Upper West Side. You later deleted the tweet, called it a miscommunication. I mean, that wasn't 30 years ago. That was just about a month ago. Yeah, the, the gun was found first by the police. I crawled under the car where the gun was, and a member of my team mistweeted also questioned Eric Adams' uh, service as a police officer. I said, eliminate that. He served as a police officer. Okay. We don't do those things. Right. My mistake. I take responsibility for my team's mistake. Okay. And Mr. Adams, since the primary in June, your amended tax return filing has continued to raise some questions about whether you live where you say you live. The question again here is, why should New Yorkers put their trust in you? And you have one minute. Well, New Yorkers have watched me uh, for uh, over 35 years of uninterrupted service to the people of this city. I've served well as a state senator, as borough president, and as a law enforcement officer. And I stated that um, I had a, an accountant that was going through some personal strife. Uh, he was homeless for over three years. He went through some real trauma. And I'm not a hypocrite. I wanted to still give him the support that he needed, but I take full responsibilities. We amended the taxes, and we are uh, pleased to move forward, and that mistake uh, would not happen again. Thank you. Just a quick follow-up to that. You've said that your uh, Brooklyn Brownstone is your primary residence. Roughly how many nights would you say you've been there in the last six months, let's say? I, I, I stay at my Brownstone. I live in Brooklyn. That's my primary residence. I'll spend time in, in Borough Hall because sometimes I work to four or five at night. I put my feet up on the desk like I did when I was in the precinct. Uh, but that's my primary residence. I don't jot down the number of days I'm there. But that's All where right. I lay my head. Thank Eric had to spend more time on vacation in Monaco. Okay. Who goes to okay. Monaco, to the rich, the famous And that had to be dragged out of you that you went to Monaco while I was standing with the correctional officers we have in to move protest on. Thank of their you. conditions outside of Rikers Island. Thank you very much. I want to ask you about the next devastating storm. Last month, when remnants of Hurricane Ida hit the city, at least 13 city residents drowned, and people were swimming through subway stations. Climate change must be the top of mind of any mayor. So here's a scenario. As mayor, you learn a storm like Ida is approaching the city. You have 48 hours to prepare. Please give us three things you would do to prevent a similar loss of life and protect the city. We'll begin with you, Mr. Adams. You have one minute. Well, first of all, we should not wait to uh, 48 hours. That, that is the mistake. Uh, we're going to institute a clear response plan like we have with terrorism. We learn from terrorism. You don't wait to the day of or when a plane attacks. We're going to put in place a number system so that when the code is mentioned, if it's a level one, level two, and level three, all of the agencies will know what to do. 
We want to make sure that we close what highways need to be closed. We will know where the basement apartments are located so we can properly notify people at that time. We're going to know how to deploy citywide. That's a concerted plan that we must put in place. We will court off guard. That can never happen again. And based on the level of the threat, every agency will know beforehand how they're going to respond in a concerted way. Let me explain that uh, people who have no faith in politicians like Eric Adams or Bill de Blasio or others. We were promised a seawall in Staten Island after Hurricane Sandy. The money was appropriated. Still waiting. Five and a half miles, not one brick laid. Downtown, the financial district was supposed to have a seawall. Not yet laid. And yet, on day one, what I three said things it would you do, Mr. In flat, uh, out there in Forest Hills, in uh, Glendale, in Middle Village, in Throgs Neck, which was flooded, as was mentioned before this debate, drainage, catch basins, sewers need to be cleaned out. De Blasio never did that. The department of the EPA didn't do that. Did you, that has right. to be done first and foremost. You have foremost. a few seconds left. Three things that you would do? Three things? Yeah. Clean the catch basins and the sewers on a regular basis. Get those seawalls built up. And make sure that areas are designated a flood zone okay, so they can you. collect Mr. on Abbott, I'll give you a few seconds to respond. Yeah, uh, David, let's be clear. Uh, Seawalls would not have stopped this storm. But you had to be out there moving through the city, helping people to realize that this was rain. This had nothing to do with seawalls. If we keep thinking antiquated methods to a modern problem, we're never going to deal with this. It must be intervention and prevention okay. to get this problem thank addressed. Thank you, Kennedy. Al Alan, we Alan, never Alan, built the seawalls. Okay, the listen, money is there. What are we waiting we, for? Another all right, thank storm, you, Sandy? Alan has a related question right. to this. Alan? Thank you. Some of those who died in the flooding were trapped in illegal basement apartments. Thousands of these spaces exist in the city. Many are home to undocumented immigrants. Mr. Adams, you have talked about bringing this apartment up to code and managing them. How long will that take and how will you do it? You have one minute, sir. Well, it's clearly uh, there needs to be a coordinated effort between the Department of Buildings and the FDNY. And then we must allocate the funding to be able to legalize these apartments. We can't automatically remove people from the department. As you know, we have an affordable housing crisis. But in the meantime, we must have a real method of notifying them if there's a dangerous storm by using technology, notifications through their devices, or even a siren system that I call for. But it's about legalizing these apartments so that we don't displace people unjustly. Thank you. You know, uh, Eric Adams has been cited for an illegal conversion in the building he's never in at Lafayette in the basement. Why don't you answer the Department Mr. of Buildings let me attacked on the advisories? Lead Mr. Slewa, we have a specific Eric. question. We have a specific, specific question, question for, you. for you. Mr. Slewa, you are against legalizing basement apartments, and what's the alternative for people who can't afford to go somewhere else? You well, also number have one, one minute. it can only be made illegal if the landlord or the custodian or the manager of the building allows that. And they are subdividing those basements illegally. I've been into so many of them. It's a danger just living there on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, we can't kick them out. That would be inhumane. But we can start moving them slowly but surely out of those illegal subdivided basements, which, because of fire, <clears throat> because of living next to the boiler, no escapes, potential floods, what, what, we're not a compassionate society. It's all about the money. It's all about developers, realtors wanting to make money. The same people who support Eric Adams. They don't support me because I would find them and, if necessary, put them in jail if they don't abide by the restrictions of the Department of Buildings. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to move on to Rikers Island, but uh, Mr. Adams, if you wanted to quickly respond to what Mr. Sliwa said. No, I don't want to respond. I'm responding to the people of this city who have supported me and all those union members and others who have supported me. Right. I want to respond to that. Okay, fair enough. So we are going to move on to Rikers Island then. The next mayor will inherit the crisis at Rikers Island. The jail is in chaos, 14 inmate deaths just this year, and many correction officers not showing up to work. There's a plan to close the jail and replace it with smaller facilities across the city, but that is a long way off. Mr. Adams, you support closing Rikers, but what are you prepared to do more immediately on day one? You have one minute. Uh, yes, I do support the plan uh, to close Rikers. We have to look at placing of the new jails and make sure the incoming council 
uh, persons uh, agree with the locations. Uh, but right now, we need to uh, respond to the needs of not only the inmates who are there, but also the correction officers. Sometimes we forget that these correction officers have been warning us for years. Many of them are black and brown women, def defecate uh, human waste thrown on them, assaulted, beat. Many of the cell blocks go without any guards at all. So what we must immediately do, immediately do stop the bottleneck. Those who have are going to court, let's get them to court so they determine if they're innocent or if they can serve their time in the state facilities where they're supposed to do. And then we must immediately tell the officers who are not on duty for whatever reason that is not inappropriate, we need you back to serve, but we're going to provide a safe environment for you. And that is all they're asking for. They are law enforcement officers also. Thank you, Thank you Mr. Adams. Mr. Sliwa, you've said, quote, the inmates control Rikers and you oppose closing it. As mayor, how will you get the situation under control immediately? You have well, one minute. Well, unlike uh, Eric Adams' ally, uh, Bill de Blasio, who refused to go to Rikers for over four and a half years, and then when he finally visited, never talked to one inmate, not one correctional officer. He didn't visit one cell or one dormitory. There is a warden's house on Rikers Island. January 2nd, that's where I'm staying, the warden's house, to supervise what has to be the... The, the health and safety of the correctional officers who have the toughest job in the city. I'm going to be there to shake every man and woman's hand, get an additional 2,000 correctional officers that we need, and get the emotionally disturbed inmates to state facilities for mental health and medication. They should not be on Rikers. And the gangs, the gangbangers know this, because I know the gangs. They're all going to be divided up. Trinitarios will not be housed with Trinitarios. Bloods not with Bloods. Crips not with Crips. That's what allows them to run Rikers Island. And I can say that because I've been on Rikers Island. Thank you, Mr. Sliwa. Earlier this month, a mentally ill woman who had been arrested several times pushed a subway pushed a subway rider into a moving train in Times Square. It's just one example of a broken mental health system that's become a revolving door. People taken off the streets and then sent back without getting any of the help that they need. Mr. Sliwa, what is one thing you would do specifically to fix the mental health system? You have one minute. I'm going to investigate the organization called Thrive. That it's used one and a quarter billion dollars in five years, put together by Bill de Blasio, Give it over to his wife, who had no credibility in this field, and not one... We haven't been shown any proof of them coming to the aid of these lost souls, these emotionally disturbed persons. Eric, Eric Adams has never criticized Thrive. Thrive is out of business day one when I'm in City Hall, and we are going to focus our help and attention to the emotionally disturbed persons, get them into mental health facilities, get them the medicine that they need. It is a priority, and it is not being addressed. Now, today, I was with a guy named Chris on the train. As I'm on the train every day, he was from Jamaica Plain. You can go to CurtisSleewolfMayor.com. Look at the Facebook page. You'll see how Chris was having a psychotic disorder, a danger to himself and everyone else, bleeding. I came to his aid, comforted him, brought him to the police, and the police okay. were told, hey, City Hall has told us Mr. not Sliwa. to get involved. No, we're going to have police and you, mental Sliwa. health uh, directors and experts. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. To be, to be yeah. clear, under state law, people cannot be involuntarily placed in mental health facilities unless they're considered an imminent threat to themselves or to others. And most of the mentally ill people on our streets do not meet that bar. So, Mr. Adams, do you think that that standard needs to be changed? You have one minute. Listen, I, I patrolled the subway system uh, as a transit police officer, and I saw transit cops being used as street sweepers and not as those who provide services. What I am going to do in my plan is to ensure that, number one, we partner with organizations like Fountain House. They have an 85% stability rate where they're able to give people the wraparound services that they need. We need to have real housing for them, not shelters, where they can get the support that they need and allow to live a life in dignity. The law is the law right now, and the law should stay what it is, but there are ways to build trust and take people off the street. They're not going to stay in shelters because it's extremely dangerous for them, but there's a great opportunity that with Fountain House and other organizations, we give them the support and finances they need. We could deal with this mental health issues on our streets. Mr. We can't let the state off the hook. Governor Hochul taking over for 
Uh, Cuomo, when he came into office, are there you, was 30,000 okay. psychiatric are you saying that, beds. Yes or no, Mr. Sliwa, are you Kirby saying— Kirby psychiatric more can Mr. Sliwa, yes or no, are you saying the standard should be changed? Excuse okay. me? Are you saying the standard should be changed under the state law? Absolutely. Okay. Psychiatrists. Thank you. And then a 90-day okay, evaluation Mr. Adams, Mr. Adams, as you just indicated, mental illness and homelessness are often intertwined, and you want to convert 25,000 uh, unused hotel rooms to supportive and affordable housing. But you say that those units should not be created in Manhattan. So my question is, why not Manhattan, given that that's where you find the most available hotel rooms? You have 30 seconds. And I want to be clear uh, that we're talking about not making them shelters. And I know what it's like to live on the verge of homelessness. I talk about it all the time, you know, growing up in South Jamaica, Queens, taking a garbage bag full of clothing to school every day because mom thought we were going to be thrown out. But we could do a better job of not continuing this indecency. What I am focusing on, those single adults that are having real apartments, not homeless shelters, but real apartments where they're getting, receiving the support they okay. need for Mr. Adams, and other issues. Time's up. Uh, with regard to the part of my question about uh, which borough these facilities should be built in, are there enough available hotel rooms in the other boroughs to meet your goal? Well, the experts are stating even when tourism returns, it's going to return and the hotels in Manhattan are going to fill up the Hotels in the outer borough, many of them are built to be homeless shelters. We must get out of the shelter business. It destroys okay. communities and neighborhood. And that's why I say Thank you, Mr. let's go Adams. to those 25,000 in the outer boroughs. Mr. And, and Mr. the Sliwa. number one priority is okay. you, Eric Adams, said you wanted to keep on Stephen Banks, the worst director of homeless services. We now see the corruption okay. in Mr. Sliwa, I actually have. And beware uh, of the hotel owners if they contributed you, to Eric Adams or Bill de Blasio. Beware, follow the money. Follow Mr. Sliwa, you've said you're against Mr. Adams's plan to convert hotels into housing. What What is your plan? What's your alternative? We you have, have zoning seconds. areas for, for manufacturing. Uh, there is very little, if any, manufacturing any longer. We have to change the zoning laws so that you can have affordable housing there. And in the many empty commercial spaces, I, as I had mentioned, you look at Hudson Yards, you've got to convert some of those buildings still being built that will not be able to house anyone. There's too much supply, not enough demand. Repurpose it for affordable housing and housing that has services for men and women who have mental health needs alcohol addictions, and drug addictions. Okay. I would like All to right. I've never indicated who I'm bringing on. I'm still running for office to be the mayor of this city, and we must understand, New Yorkers, the difference between Curtis Sliwa's lies and facts. I'm sharing facts, plans, and visions to you, not what he's attempting to share with you. Thank you, Mr. He said right, Stephen Kenneth. Banks did an excellent job. All right, You Kenneth, said he did an excellent job. Mr. Steele, we still have to go on here. job. Candidates, I do remind you, we, it's the last resort. We would cut mics. We're trying to adhere and cover a lot of ground on behalf of New Yorkers. Alan? Thank you. New Yorkers are finding new ways to get around the city on e-bikes and scooters. But while many are embracing the push for new transit, others or worry about new dangers for pedestrians and riders alike. Mr. Adams, how do you balance new transit with safety concerns? You have one minute. It's, it's crucial that we use alternative methods to move around the city, and it's quite possible. Everyone knows that I enjoy riding my bike. Everyone knows that I believe we need to control our city to stop the traffic crashes that is really impacting the lives of people. Uh, families from Safe Street, I've stood with so many times in other organizations. What we must do is look after some of the illegal ATVs that have basically, uh, they have taken over our city. We must look at those who are using scooters and other methods. They must follow the rules and the laws. That is crucial to ensure that we move through the city in a safe way, uh, particularly in our central business district. Mr. Sliwa, same question to you. How do you balance to, the new world with safety concerns? We have to once again re-energize our police department, make them proactive in this area. They have to do traffic enforcement, along with the traffic control agents who are under the supervision of the NYPD. They need to stop these individuals who are coming onto the sidewalks, who are speeding through bike lanes, 
I can't tell you how many people I run across, especially elderly people who have been hit, who have been knocked down, who have been traumatized, who are frightened to go outside now because it's basically one big rodeo out there because we don't allow our police. De Blasio will not allow our police to get proactively involved. I'm going to insist you go out there, you seize these illegal vehicles, you find these individuals. If you find out they have records, you make sure they're arrested and prosecuted because they have taken control of the sidewalks and streets and they are a menace to society. And the police and the traffic control agents can rein them in. If they're allowed to, I will let them do their job. All right. Thank you, candidates. Uh, another question related to the commute, if you will. That's about congestion pricing for New York City. The state is moving forward with a plan to effectively charge a toll to vehicles traveling south of 60th Street into Manhattan. Supporters say congestion pricing will reduce emissions while raising money for the MTA. But critics say it's an unfair burden for the people in the outer boroughs. And it will keep people out of Manhattan just at a time when we need them to come back. So, Mr. Adams, we'll begin with you. The next mayor can't stop this, but support from City Hall does matter. Yes or no, or you can take a few seconds. Do you support congestion pricing and why? We'll give you 30 on this. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, we need to invest in the first-class transportation system. Uh, that is the lifeblood of our city. But we should also have waivers for those who must go into Manhattan, such as for chemotherapy or other basic items. And we should incentivize truckers to deliver their supplies 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. This way we can take the truck traffic off the road, but I believe that we have to deal with the congestion in our city. It is costing businesses a large amount of money because we're failing to do so. Mr. Sliwa. This would crush the middle-class residents coming in from Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. How about we do something novel and stop trusting these politicians, like Eric Adams and de Blasio, who are a tag team on this, like others before them, and put it up for an initiative in referendum? because I trust people. I don't trust politicians. Let the people decide. Now, if it is imposed, if it's the people's will, and I think you have to give a reduced congestion pricing system for borough residents as opposed to those coming in from Jersey or Connecticut or Westchester right. or parts distant from that. Okay. Gentlemen, let me ask you about uh, street vendor enforcement. Across the city, we've seen a dramatic increase in the number of unlicensed street vendors due to the pandemic hardship. Brick-and-mortar store, brick stores complain that this hurts their business. Advocates say, though, the city's response has been heavy-handed with police or other city agencies. So, Mr. Adams, how can you get a handle on this and do it fairly? I'll give you 30 seconds. <laughs> Listen, I, I was a street vendor as a kid when I sold lemonade out in front of the house. Uh, to help mother uh, purchase groceries for uh, my five siblings. Uh, let's be clear. There's a balance here. Uh, we could, uh, number one, increase the number of permits that we are giving uh, to the street vendors. Uh, we should also find uh, certain locations where they can vend and they're able to uh, sell their goods and wares. We should never allow what happened in the Bronx uh, several weeks ago when we threw out healthy uh, produce and other, right, other Adams, foods thank like you. that. Thank you, Mr. Adams. Mr. Sliwa, same question. How would you tackle this? You know, how interesting. When they defunded the police by a billion dollars, de Blasio and city council, they removed the peddler's unit that would go around and seize, especially all the knockoff products, Gucci, Prado. You go along Canal Street, it's just one illegal sale of illegal items that's hurting the brick and mortar stores, the small businesses. Yet you don't see them on Fifth Avenue. Have you seen illegal peddlers on Fifth Avenue? How is it that the wealthy, the rich, the elite are protected okay. on Fifth Avenue? Some of them right. are your benefactors Thank and you, supporters, Eric. I say, no, 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 no. Thank you, Mr. Sleeve. We've got to rein them in. A couple others just want to get to. Melissa? Gentlemen, I want to ask you about a very stressful situation for New York's growing elderly population, housing. It's a crisis for hundreds of thousands of seniors in the city. Studies show that many are paying two-thirds of their monthly income on rent, and they account for 15% of evictions in the city. What will you do to solve this and make their housing more affordable? Mr. Sliwa, we'll start with you. 30 seconds, please. Well, out of the 400,000 residents in NYCHA facilities, an incredible number of them are senior citizens. And I've been into so many of the 300 different housing uh, uh, projects uh, in which they're housed. We have to give them tenant management. 
We have to give them the ability to protect their elderly and keep them in those apartments. There are close to 3,000 empty units that could be utilized by senior citizens who are being threatened with eviction in private apartments or in other areas that they live now. Mr. NYCHA should Thank be a you, sanctuary Mr. for the senior citizens. Let them manage their affairs. Mr. Adams, what will you do for seniors? A, a different location. First, let's start with uh, NYCHA. As I stated, I know what it is to live on the verge of homelessness. Been there. Uh, let's look at NYCHA. Let's do infield building. Let's allow the seniors that are there to downsize and build, live in the new units, and then renovate the older units and allow people to move into the older units that are renovated. And then, let's be clear, uh, we need to build units that are going to be specifically alloc allocated to our seniors and move into a new Mitchell-Lama-type programming where we could have permanent residency for them. Thank you. Mr. Adams, Mr. Sliwa, we have heard plenty from you tonight about what's wrong with New York City right now. But part of a mayor's job is being a cheerleader, encouraging people to visit, to stay here, or to move back. We'd like to see how good you are at being New York's pitchman. So, Mr. Adams, you're up first. Since you pledged to fly to Florida to win, uh, if you win, and convince people who moved there during the pandemic to come back, we'd like to hear your pitch. Why is New York great right now? And why should people be here? You can look right into that camera. You'll have one minute. Uh, anyone who has fled the city, uh, your concern, when I heard over and over again, is public safety. We're going to have a safe city, but you also have a secret weapon that no one really appreciates, our diversity. We have some of the smartest people, some of the most diverse ideas, some of the best infrastructure where you can move around the city, some of the best colleges that are producing great minds for the future. We're going to be in an exciting place, our Broadway, our hotels, our museums. There's so much to do to live here. You will be bored in Florida. You'll never be bored in New York. Okay, thank you, Mr. Adams. Mr. Sliwa, same question to you. We want to hear you be positive, so look into that camera. Why is the city great today, and why should people come back if they left? You'll have one minute. So let me get this straight. January 2nd, Eric Adams is going to Florida like he just won the Super Bowl. Hey, I'm going to Hollywood. Wait a second. You said you're going to Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic on January 2nd to Somos, where all the lobbyists are. Come on, Eric. You can't be in three places at one time. How about staying here in New York City? and helping people to improve and not to move. Keep the people who are already here. Not going Mr. on Sliwa, junkies. I think, I think what I'm going to do is to New Yorkers, not to increase the Parks Department budget 2% because we have the most marvelous parks in the outer boroughs and actually central part of any city I've ever been in the world. And I didn't go on junkies, Eric, like you're planning to do if you get elected mayor of the city of New York. Uh, Mr. Adams, you want to briefly respond to that or no? I want to make sure you feel you have time. No, I'm speaking to New uh, Yorkers, not speaking great. to buffoonery. All right, thank you. We have a few quick questions here. We're almost out of time, candidates, but we have a few questions that hopefully shed some light on some other issues, but also maybe into your interests or personality. I want to ask you about carriage horses, yes or no. As mayor, will you ban carriage horses in the city? Mr. Sliwa? Absolutely, and I would repurpose them so the drivers have work with electric carriages. We have okay. to stop this barbarian towards horses. I'm going to work with the TWU union and those drivers to find a better way, if need be, to move around uh, the Central Park area. Okay. Hiring benchmarks. The mayor must hire a huge number of people for the administration. Yes or no? Will you have race and gender benchmarks for those jobs? Mr. Adams. Uh, one thing I'm not going to do, I'm not going to balance the budget on the backs of people. No furloughs. Uh, we're going to make All sure right. that we have the specific... No benchmarks, Mr. Adams? All right, I'm just trying to get a lot in. Mr. Sliwa, real quickly. No, no quotas. Best person for the job, best qualified. Okay. Just like with police commissioner, how about interviewing Latinos and Latinas? Eric, you've left them out. You haven't right. even mentioned them. Okay. The majority Thank minority you. now Thank in you, the Mr. police Sliwa. department. Thank you don't you. know who I interviewed. So, again, right. stop the lies and stick to the facts. All right. Come Thank up with you, your candidates. Plan, That's going to do plan. it for us. We want to thank you both for a spirited debate. And we also want to thank the New York City Campaign Finance Board. We want you to make sure that you check out their website, voting.nyc, because it does have some important information about the candidates in the races. From WNBC, Telemundo 47, Politico, the New York Urban League, and the Citizens Budget Commission, we thank you for watching. Remember to get out and vote. The election is November 2nd. Have a good night. This is Bruce, the first commander of the Queen's combat team of the Garden Angels. 
If you are capable and truly care about protecting our city from crime, then let's talk. This is a volunteer basis and I need your help. Help in restoring and taking back our city one street at a time. Call or text me at 718-517-0335. There are true angels in all of us. Let your inner angel help me fight. So, do you dare to care? Call Bruce at 718-517-0335. That's 718-517-0335. Well, the long debate is over. We will now see who exactly was the winner as far as the voters are concerned, uh, of course, on Election Day. I don't know if there is a second debate that is going to be happening. Some say that the debate is going to be constant, but it seemed pretty bitter there at the end, with uh, Adams obviously losing his cool, and uh, Stewart smiling through most of it. It seemed also that uh, Eric Adams didn't know how to smile through most of the debate. Neither did uh, many of the panelists who all shared the same stern demeanor of not smiling, not making fun, not risking being criticized for being seen as uh, saying anything that might offend anybody on anything on anyone at any time. What well, that's just the new way that these people who are so woke that they are broken think. And that is exactly what exactly uh, that I believe Curtis Lewa was going for in his uh, range of uh, topics and discussions. It looks like Sliwa, to his supporters, uh, many of whom uh, are, are a targeted group that he is not obviously reaching out to the same ones Adams is reaching out to, um, is going to be down to the wire. Now, most surveys and studies seem to show one thing, and that is Eric Adams is in the lead. Now, will the style of Sliwa, which has been nitpicking and nerve-wracking as far as Adams and his supporters are concerned, bear fruit? We don't really know, and won't really know, until Election Day. Well, that's if the votes are really counted accurately. And there's been a lot of question about that, especially in the councillor race. So, those who will vote, vote, vote wisely, vote your heart, vote with a smile. Just kidding. Vote whoever you think is best for you. That, of course, is the most important thing you can do for the city that we live in and the city that we hope will be better after this election and more united and maybe a place that will have more fun. I'm Mike of New York. This has been in the public interest. If anybody is upset about my using the audio from the debate, just let me know. I'll delete it without any hesitation. As I said, I am a blind podcaster, and a lot of times I can't really write that well anymore. I'm still taking classes on how to improve my skills, so sometimes I just record a lot of audio and put it on ear. With the public interest at heart, I do not accept any advertising from politicians. Uh, I believe the app itself is advertising, but uh, I really don't see anything out of that at all. So it is just basically a non-profit effort to show the best effort at getting more information out for everyone, and especially those people who seem to be behind a firewall that can't get their message across is who we're trying to help. And that's you, the people on the other side of the firewall who can't hear them. I'm Mike of New York, and this has been just another episode in the continuing series we're looking at. We're going to take up other topics soon. Trust me, it's not always going to be politics. Politics can be so boring, and after all, it's just one part of life. So cheers for now. See you again soon. At least, hear you soon. Ta-ta. Toodaloo. Hi, I'm Ben Carlisle, and I'm running for mayor of Buffalo. My wife and I have been able to live out the American dream right here in Buffalo. I'm running for mayor to make sure that the American dream remains tangible here in Buffalo for anyone who's willing to put in the effort. For some people, the American dream is handed to them on a silver platter, but for the rest of us, it takes hard work to realize the American dream. I learned about hard work from my parents. With six brothers and sisters, we always live paycheck to paycheck, but I never felt poor. 
Anytime we needed extra money, my dad would take a second job working nights, and my mom always had a job. My parents provided us with the necessities, but beyond the necessities, we had to work for it. I got my first job when I was nine years old delivering newspapers. I'd get up at 5.30 every morning and put in a few hours of work before most of my classmates rolled out of bed. When I was 14, I got a job working on a farm picking watermelons and cantaloupes in 100 degree heat for $4.50 an hour. I put myself through college working 40 plus hours a week, and I took out massive student loans for college and law school that I'm still working to pay off. Nothing was ever handed to me, but I have found that if you work hard, the sky's the limit in Buffalo. My wife Azima is living proof of this promise. Azima grew up in India. She and her family immigrated to the United States in 2002. They left India thinking that they had permanently left behind government corruption and socialism. In India, the smallest cooperation from the government requires a bribe, and because of socialism, Big Brother has invaded nearly every segment of India. Deadly violence erupted in Azima's home state, her senior year of high school between Hindus and Muslims. A strict curfew was imposed that closed nearly everything. Azim and her classmates had to finish their final examinations under police supervision. Azim and her family were able to escape the violence and made it to the U.S. just before Azima's 18th birthday. When she and her family arrived, they had nothing. They had to live with family for the first year in order to get their feet on the ground. Azima didn't waste one second of that first year. When she got to Buffalo, she immediately got a job and enrolled in community college. She then put herself through college and med school, and now she's a fellowship-trained ER doctor. According to India Walton, the socialist who wants to be our mayor, it is impossible for a poor, brown, Muslim immigrant to get ahead in Buffalo without massive governmental intervention. But that is a lie. What it takes is a dream and hard work. Azim and her family love Buffalo. They find it to be a very welcoming place where anything is possible through hard work. I couldn't agree with them more. Buffalo is a special place and it's worth fighting for. If you believe the American dream is still worth fighting for, come fight this fight with me. I'm not running as a Republican or a Democrat, just a concerned but hopeful Buffalonian. Better days are here. I'm Ben Carlisle, write-in candidate for mayor of Buffalo.